Gist Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Gist Podcast. I'm the EDU one half of the Gist, and to my left is my co-host Nambi. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? On today's episode of the Gist, we have two phenomenal individuals in studio, Ofo and Felix, CEO and COO, respectively, of a company called Who's Your Landlord. If you haven't heard of it, you will soon. Who's Your Landlord is positioned to disrupt the housing community forever. Who's Your Landlord does this by allowing this community to take ownership of their living situation, by providing information to guide their decision-making process. Pretty much think of it like Yelp for the everyday renter. For sure. So in this episode, we discuss how Felix and Ofo were able to take this concept from a college dorm room to the corporate boardroom. We also discuss challenges and opportunities for 2018 as a young and up-and-coming business. And lastly, we talk about how you, the listener, can position yourself to own a piece of Who's Your Landlord, a company that is on its way to the top and is uh, definitely worth over a couple couple M's. <laughs> couple M's? Couple B's, boy. <laughs> Big bowl of bread. <laughs> Big, Big, bowl. <laughs> Big bowl of bread. <laughs> yeah, man. So we hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned. It's the Just Podcast. So how would you describe yourself? Got you. Um, man, this is, we're good or this is... No, oh, no, yeah, oh, we're yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're good. We live. All right. We're running all right good stuff man um how would i describe myself um it's funny i'm look, looking at the sticker you have on your laptop here um on idea's laptop it says greatness is a process um i i operate in a space where i feel like greatness is something that you have to wake up wanting every day um i think if you think that way you tend to live a great life just because every day you're you, you look at yourself as being great um a little bit about my background. Um, I, I always start with my parents. Uh, my dad was born in Nigeria, uh, moved here when he was 18 years old, um, grew up during the Biafran War. Uh, and then my mom uh, was born in Barbados, lived there. So she was about 11 years old, moved to uh, East Flatbush, New York, um, when she was 11 years. So um, I've had a lot of family in, this, in New York for a while, but my parents, their own, their own growth trajectory, their own struggles, I think led a lot to my own kind of upbringing. So started out born in Patterson, New Jersey, um, lived there for a few years, ended up moving to like Buffalo, New York, Baltimore, Maryland, before landing in Ellicott City. Ellicott City is like a suburb of Baltimore. Um, but I was with my parents from when we had a studio in Patterson where you'd split the bedroom from the kitchen with, with a, uh, you know, a bed sheet to the point where, you know, they had their own house in, 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 in Maryland and they've lived there now the last like 17 years. Um, so watching that growth, um, seeing how much they give back uh, to their own families at home, I think that's always been instilled in me so from a social standpoint I've always wanted to achieve greatness in that regard um, but in terms of my own career trajectory and everything uh, ended up going to Temple University studying entrepreneurship management and information systems um, got involved in acting and modeling early actually uh, yeah, so I, I did remember, some work yeah <laughs> did some work with Nike um, ESPN a couple times I uh, was on the Today Show a bunch of times um, and in the same time, actually, so I've known this guy, Felix, here for 17 years now. I've been best friends. Oh, wow. And so um, we went from playing sports together. We played in basketball leagues, played football. We started our own, like, kind of football league together. Um, or even just watching him play baseball and stuff, going to his games and stuff like that when we were young. We've always been in team-oriented spaces uh, together. So um, when we had concepts for building businesses in college, mm-hmm. we were working together already. We had yeah. started a business um, back in 2013. 11 2012 called untapped uh, which was a ba- brand development firm and we worked with other businesses and artists on getting their message out to the right people sure. um and then who's your landlord was next up and we started that and and uh, you know i guess we're building that history now i can't say the rest is history of yet course, but we're course. building that part yeah, yeah. um so untapped kind of want to want to touch touch base about that seems like a lot of entrepreneurs um you know that's that's something that's common like they right. have a lot of different projects they want to work on a lot of different interests um, you know that that arise, and uh, you know, go through the go through the different phases of that building it out. Maybe something doesn't work, but you learn something in that process to be able to roll over to the next um, entrepreneurial venture. Right. So, like, what what was that? What was the concept? Can you like go go further sure, into it, yeah. and then and then um, you know what? It, why did it die down? Mm-hmm. If it even died down, I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm just assuming. And then also just talk about what you learned from that 
that, that were able to help um, yourself and Felix with, with who's your landlord to date? Yeah, definitely. Um, so Untapped, again, it was, a, it was a brand development firm. We worked with artists and businesses on, on really crafting their message, getting their story right, getting their message right, getting their brand right, so that when they went in front of that audience, they could better attract them and better make them into stickier clients or, you know, or, or an audience or whatever the case was. Um, but it was funny when we, so this is, I guess this is 2012. Um, we were working on it a lot. A lot of it came out, you know, you'd have like graphic designers and stuff, you know, you'd need video people, all that kind of stuff. We were working on a project with my brother's company and the, uh, the comedian was Clint Coley. And um, Clint's been blowing up ever since, which is awesome. But I remember we had created a graphic for that. He was performing at the Irvine Auditorium at Penn. Yeah. And so we had created the graphic for it and everything. And we knew internally the graphic was, was booty. Like, it wasn't good. <laughs> and so we kept going back to our designer. Like, and mind you, we didn't have a team. It was just Felix and I and then yeah. a bunch of just adjunct college students. So we're going back to this designer who also happened to double as our DJ for our parties. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, Yeah, right? <laughs> and uh, no matter how much I'd go back to him and say, hey, can you tweak this? He'd be like, I, you know, hey, I got class or I got this, I got that. And wasn't tweaking it well enough, so to the point where two days before they were about to go live, the, the whole performance for Netflix was a Netflix special. Oh um, we got pulled, yeah. <laughs> like the graphic got pulled, and I was just like, "Yeah, like the." It was, it was eye-opening just because, like, we realized we, you, it was hard to rely on college students from that regard, right? Um, because everybody, everybody's a hustler, everybody's a go-getter, but it's like, but are they really getting things done? Yeah, you know what sure. I mean? And so. Um, the company actually didn't die down. We were working on certain stuff, but the idea for Who's Your Landlord hatched in in the like the meantime between us like expanding Untapped, and it was like okay, well Untapped was a company. Who's Your Landlord was an idea, so we built it under Untapped, and so for a while, the first about so year and a half, Who's Your Landlord under Untapped, yeah, okay. was a, was a kind of subsidiary or really a project of Untapped Incorporated, sure. um, and so it went from that to being like, wait, I think Who's Your Landlord has some legs here, and we can explore that deeper. And it maybe makes more sense to get it right with this business, and then we can go back and do whatever we want with Untapped at the end of the day, because um, that was more of a general business. Um, and so we started working on Who's Your Landlord, and then about a year in, made it its own uh, company, um, and and been building ever since. So I have a question. So, so from an entrepreneurial like standpoint, um, how important do you think it is to um, to kind of just like focus all your attention on one project versus on like? Versus like trying to go ahead and like tackle two projects at the same time. Like, do you think it's a? Uh, do you think it's like? Are you still working on Untapped uh, simultaneously, or is that completely like on the back burner for now? For so, it, it, there's a couple ways to answer that, right? Like, um, like I, I a good friend of mine is a CEO of one company and a co-founder of another, and that other company just raised some capital, so they're going to be moving too. Um, you know, Jack Dorsey, you know, with Twitter, he runs two companies. You know what I mean, Square and Twitter. So yeah. there, there, it you have there's ability to run multiple companies. I don't think that you have to be just so myopic and focused on just one. But I think in the early years, like yeah, it's it's really hard to run many things uh, successfully. So Untapped for us has been in the back burner because we've looked at it as like going trans. Transforming from like a brand development firm to really being like, okay, one thing we've noticed in our journey with Who's Your Landlord so far is how difficult it is for African Americans, people of color in general, to raise capital. Like it, it's it's really difficult. It's less than one percent of us each year raising venture capital dollars. So we were like, okay, we know that's a problem, and we know Untapped had kind of a general globalist view as a company. Well, maybe the maybe the future for Untapped is we use that as a as a means to invest in other companies once we make it there. Right. You know, so you you keep it, you make sure you pay your three hundred dollar fee every year to keep it incorporated, and you rock and roll. Um, and so that's kind of how we look at it right now. But I think we we've, we've been at this game long enough where you understand your time very well. You know, understand how to like divvy it up proportionately and so i think it, there's there's definitely there's opportunity in other ventures as well um as long as you don't lose the, lose the focus of what you need to do and i don't think that's ever a problem yeah, yeah there was a, there was a couple couple of things there i'm over here taking mm -hmm. notes just the the brand the branding component of untapped can you kind of speak to how that helped so far with who's your landlord yeah. I, obviously you know, I, I'd, I'd assume that there were probably principles or guidelines or something that you were using right. with your clients were untapped that you were able to kind of roll over to the Who's Your Landlord side and has made, you know, um, this company so far such a strong yeah. brand. Um, right. I think that that's definitely helped with you guys with all the, the, these media <laughs> opportunities and just right. folks tackling uh, and, and tacking on to this um, to this concept of, of, of Who's Your Landlord. So can you just speak to that briefly? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, 
it, it, it undoubtedly helps. It helps in a couple of ways. It helped us learn how to how to appropriately delegate work and how to work with other other folks. Um, but I think it also helped us learn there's a standard. Mm-hmm. Getting getting your work pulled from uh, something that was going to be major, it sucks. You know what I mean? It's, okay. it's a weird thing to go back to your team and tell them that after you're spending every week, I think we were going to my brother's house twice a week with my fellow college students, having these long meetings, coming back, doing the work, going back. And then after all that, over months, it just gets nothing happens, right? So if anything, it just sharpens your focus early on. And we always knew that, you know, the most important, when you think about even the concept, without getting too deep, America itself is a brand, right? The idea of the land of opportunity, home of the brave, right? All that stuff, like, you know, other countries look at that and they want to be part of that brand. They've branded themselves right. We're not infallible. We're not, we don't have, we don't not have issues as a country, but we brand ourselves really well where it looks like, hey, well, why not even, why not deal with these issues versus your issues, right? So, it, you know, branding is everything. And, you know, we've been a, uh, been a, approached by acquisition off the strength of our brand alone, not even taking a dive into the numbers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think from a branding perspective, from a, what you're trying to get across perspective, connecting with people, we learned that during Untapped. I think it's something we've always kind of naturally been in tune with. But it was interesting learning that and then being able to quickly apply it to who's your landlord. I actually have a question. <laughs> so um, prior to you, like, showing up, uh, Edie, like, had uh, had something that he wanted to go ahead and ask in terms of, um, you know, threats that you may get from, like, from, like, you no know, landlords and things hey, of that nature. So, supposed to be for later on. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't matter, for later I, on in but, the discussion. But, but the reason why I brought it up right now is because you mentioned, um, you know, people wanting to go ahead and um and, and acquire like, who's your landlord. Sure. So have you ever, uh, have you ever, um, I don't know, like, come across someone who may be interested in acquiring it? Or, like, is there a fear that someone may be, like, like a realty company, like just being interested in Acquire like acquiring it doing. just to just to stifle it exactly and just shut it down. <laughs> is it, uh, that's that's not a fear. I think it's a good problem. You know what I mean. I think you can leverage that. It, you leverage it by the new valuation they give exactly. it. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but I think you know, for what we're looking to do, that's not what we want to do. You know what I mean? Like if, if a big property management company came to us and said, "Hey, look, I'll pay you guys. You know, here twenty million. Just go away forever." Like, nah. Like we we know that if, if they're doing that already, we know where we're going is the right path. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And so in the beginning, you know, uh, I guess kind of getting to the, the question you're going to ask a little bit later was, you know, we we probably been threatened to be sued at least twelve times by landlords. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? None, none of it's ever suffice. You know, God, God willing, it keeps that way. Yeah. You know. Um, but there's things that are in place, right? The Communications Decency Act. There's already sites like TripAdvisor, Yelp, Facebook has reviews, Google has reviews, Amazon. So the, it's a lot of it was sticker shock. It was shock like, wait, this has never been in our industry before. Exactly. It's, real estate is the seediest industry in America. Um, and it's like unearthing all those secrets. And so that made people uncomfortable. And, you know, in any industry, transparency, which leads to accountability, is always better. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're, they're not not cognizant of that. We, we've spoken at Landless Association many a times and what you'll find is like all that ends up happening is uh, the landlord that sucks is the one that's yelling the whole time and the good ones are kind of like, like I mean, hey I want to leverage that platform because right. it will show how great exactly alright so exactly. kind of the backtrack because we didn't do this because we know what the hell it is <laughs> right. Listening, right? I don't know. So, so can you just can you backtrack and first of all just tell us um, you know, give us your elevated pitch I know you had <laughs> oh, wait, ready, man. Yeah. you had it on MSNBC <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you had it at the 4040 uh, a couple of years ago yeah, when I met yeah. you so if you can just first of all give us give us that pitch about what who's your landlord is it's objective Right. You know who it serves, and then also if, if uh, you know both of you guys can just touch on mm-hmm. your your um, the inspiration why like what right. what drew you to pivot from a situation in untapped you know branding right. Right. Uh, for the most part and pivot to to housing like what yeah. is the personal experience like you know can you just touch on that definitely um, so to start who's your landlord is a web platform that's built to empower and to inform the rental community uh, we do that through providing landlord reviews. Uh, community-driven content and also access to quality listings. Um, been doing this for a few years now, have over 320,000 users on the site, 70% of which are millennials, average age of our users 25, with half being college students, half being young professionals. Um, how we came up with the, the concept for it. Uh, so my senior year at Temple University, I was a VP of the student body. Um, in my position, it dealt with everything happening really external to campus, right? So one of the things that that dealt with was housing. And in North, North Philadelphia, for folks that don't know, it's the same way Brooklyn looks now. It's been rapidly going undergoing gentrification, a lot of it because of the schools that are there, Temple included. And um, 
And, and so what's funny is not only is the community, the fabric of the main community there affected, but also the students were affected too because you'd have landlords, kind of overnight landlords, create these properties or renovate them, really shabbily done. And then things would break or things just didn't work from the beginning and they didn't care. They were renting it out per room to students and making a lot of money. And so you had students complaining like, yo, like, how do you even solve this? You know, where do we begin? So if the first premise was, you know, the idea I came up with was what if you could review landlords? That way, you know, you know what to expect before signing that next lease. Um, and the idea really stuck. And I'll let Fields kind of pick up on, like, you know, how, how, it, how it evolved and why he connected with it so well. Um, yeah, so this is Felix here. Um, yeah, so when Ofo told me about the concept, um, it really stuck right away because of the issue I was having with uh, my own landlord. Uh, my roommate and I, we made renovations to the property during our senior year. Um, and next thing you know, the landlord comes by and says, well, I'm going to increase the rent based on the work that we put in. Um, and we made flower beds, painted, all that kind of stuff. It used to be like a frat house, you know, and we made it, you know, livable because um, we were actually working things like that. So when he told me about the idea, I instantly said, yeah, we, this is definitely a problem that um, I think we need to tackle. Um, just for me, my inspiration, just even now um, working on this project, it really just comes down to empowering renters. And, you know, I know that almost sounds like a buzzword, but if you really think about the different content, if you really think about all the different um, content that's out there that's faced towards renters, it really seems like it's faced towards older renters yeah. or uh, towards issues that um, our generation doesn't really have. Mm-hmm. Um, and the issues that our generation does have, there, you, you, you can't really go online and find any resource that specifically speaks to you, um, especially in your voice. So um, just with our content, um, everything is done in our voice and it's done specifically for people like us um, that face the issues that we have all faced. So um, the videos, the, the blogs, um, all that kind of stuff, even our photos, you, you kind of generates that same kind of feel so um, that's kind of something that's important for us to uh, kind of keeping this project moving forward so I understand like what uh, what led to you um, you know starting this um, now that it's kind of grown uh, what is the driving force now is it still kind of like um, is it like still no personal like a personal thing where you just feel like you need to address this cause is it just like thinking about the consumers who go through this experience um uh no on a daily basis is it um is it the financial gain that like you that you see is is, like the potential for it like what's the driving force now yeah no i think if it was a financial gain like we would have tapped out a long time ago like it's just just not it's not easy we have offers on the table <laughs> and, and so, like, what, what becomes very interesting is like, it's it's one thing to conceptualize something; it's another thing to create it, put it in the world, and then people see people respond to it almost exactly like you thought they would. Um, and I think that when I had, I had just happened to read something where it was like, if you're a startup and you're getting threatened to be sued, you're on the right path. And like as that and, and that happened like a, like a month like a month into us running, some landlord like came and threatened me at my office at Temple. It was this really crazy story. Had to get the police involved and everything. Oh, and so I was like, I think we're doing something right here. Yeah. And um, just hearing stories over the years of like people like whether it's you know I remember one building in Philly. Um, after reviews were posted of the building online. Um, and a tenant mentioned the, the reviews on the site to the to the, the management company. The next day, they were ordering new gym equipment. They were oh, sweeping wow. all the floors, yeah. like you know. So it, it really has an impact. And I think when you when you first hear those few stories, like we had some landlords reach out to us from Florida, and they were like, "Hey, we actually didn't know our property management sucked. Like we we checked the reviews oh, online, wow. and their management company is really bad. We've now fired them, and we're bringing in new management to work with our tenants. Don't know what that means, but I just want to let you guys know that that's happening." When you start getting emails and messages like that, it, it's like, okay, like this is really helping people. This is really doing exactly what we planned. And even deeper, we didn't even think about that angle, right? The landlord sure. popped down to the property management angle. So um, that's what, be, like Felix just mentioned, that's what becomes a driving force. It's like once you can actually empower people, once you can actually inform them, once they can actually connect with you and, and they vibe with the vibes of your company and what you're looking to do from a social standpoint, it's like it, it, that. that's a feeling that you can't really replace. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, did you go to Temple as well? Uh, no, I actually, I actually went to uh, George Mason University in okay. uh, Fairfax, Virginia. Okay, got it, got it. So how how has the the university seen? Uh, you know, how, how has that helped? Because uh, obviously, a lot a lot of these younger renters that you're probably targeting are are from that that demo, like the college students that are, you know, looking to either college students or young professionals, right? That you're trying to pursue. Um, so 
uh, while you were at Temple, you know, if you could speak to maybe, um, you know, what what at the college level will help, whether it's resources from professors, whether it's any, I know, I think I think you got received a grant from from school and just things of that nature. Cause I know a lot of startups birth on college campuses where folks are just in a confined space, have plenty of time, are around other talented folks. You know, have access to capital through um, through school grants sometimes, and then you you know you're just in a creative space. Right. You know, so can you just speak towards that if if it's yeah. applicable? Well, you can pick it up first from just like how because you've been working with the college yeah. directly on. Yeah, that. yeah. So um, just I guess uh, post uh, post uh, college, uh, what we've been doing really when it comes to universities, uh, really just dispersing our brand ambassadors. Um, the whole whole focus there is uh, you find the 10 or 20 um, uh, apartment buildings that most students rent from. Um, you get the brand ambassadors to collect reviews from each one, each one of those buildings. Uh, once you do that, you kind of have uh, a clear picture of the rental landscape around each university. With that, you can do lots of things. You can take that information and chop it up into infographics and give it back to campus safety. You can give it back to the social media departments. Um, and then it's also just there on the website as well. So uh, it helps out with SEO. Exactly. Oh. So um, for example, um, at Temple University, uh, we have more reviews at uh, for, for all the different apartment buildings around that uh, around that university than Google and Yelp combined. Wow. Um, so, for, for, so now when someone searches for an apartment around Temple University, they'll find us. Got so it. when we awesome. go... <laughs> exactly. So that's how we so that's how we engage with each university. It's the same process. Go to each university, you, you locate the apartment buildings that that renter the students are renting from, get reviews from those buildings and just like that you're valuable to all of their students, their faculty, everybody because that information is valuable to their parents, um, it's valuable to, to the staff at, in, in general and especially to campus safety. Um, for example, uh, just, just right now I'm in an email exchange with the International Student Department at Temple University. Um, they said that a couple of their students have been facing issues when it comes to um, renting apartments because they're international students, they haven't really done it before so they're asking, do we have any resources that um, can really uh, support them? Said so as, as of right now, we, we, we actually have a few general resources here and there, but we don't have anything specific. But just because she brought that up, I thought that's a great idea. Not only does Temple University have international students, but every university nationwide, for the most part, has international students. So if we create a resource that's, uh, uh, that's good enough for them, we can now take that same resource and uh, deliver it to universities all over the nation. And just like that, now you're servicing their international students. Um, and the students itself, the international student department wants to put our information in the packets, the resource packets, things sure. like that. So it's really just finding out what the problems are. So mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to describe like who I am, but for me, yeah, please, I'm, please I'm, 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 a, I'm, I like to think of myself as a creative problem solver um, and a creator. So when it comes to uh, just businesses in general, every single business, uh, the the root of every business is a problem. Um, so if you can identify what the issues are with that problem, that's how you go about creating a business from there. You determine who has this issue, how much will somebody pay to solve this issue, um, where is this issue even rooted, um, things like that. And that's how you really, really go about um, creating a business just from thinking about the problem. So um, so when we started there, just thinking about the problems that different type of students have or different student segments, that's really, really how we really engage with the university starting there. And then um, Ofo, uh, he's been just, he was a junior at the time starting the company. So he had another four years to really, really be a part of the for university sure. and really tell to every be, one of his, exactly. I'm sure, I'm sure you heard a lot exactly. of stuff firsthand. And, and so yeah. able to kind of take those those frustrations real time and, and uh, you know, create Create create, a, create solutions from real time. Um, so I think that's that's cool and valuable. So I don't know if you can speak to that as well. Yeah, no, most definitely. I mean, I, I know you had mentioned too, like you know, kind of what were what were early nuggets that were helpful um, from the college perspective for us. As Felix mentioned, we were still like in school when the, when the whole ideation of this was was happening. Um, and so, what many folks don't know. So the grant you're referring to is the be called the Be Your Own Boss Bowl um, that Temple does. I think the, the grand prize is a hundred k, but they've changed they've changed it up now where they think they divvy the entire thing up. Okay. But um, at it the was one person when you applied yeah so when, when we applied um what happened was we people don't people think that's what that's what's so funny is because because there was so much buzz i think people people thought that like oh you apply you're gonna you're gonna win okay. they don't realize how hard like that process was so crazy yeah. um for the be your own boss board and we actually applied that was our third time applying um the first time we applied for untap they were like eh, it didn't even get to like the next stage Second time we applied with the idea for Who's Your Landlord, we hadn't really built anything yet. They're like, eh, didn't get to the next stage. Third time around, it was like we were already in New York for like a year, 
and we were already meeting with investors and we were already looking we were we were already making real business plans like you know because we were trying to win so by the time we had created our business plan and everything for the be here on Ball I remember our mentor looking at it and coming pulling us aside and being like yo in all the years of me judging this I've never seen a business plan this good yeah. and 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 the thing is just to get, get further context the first year we applied with Untapped, it took us three and a half months to put together the packet to submit. The second year when we worked on um, for Who's Your Landlord, the idea it took us four days. The third year we won twenty thousand dollars. It took us nine hours to get, create that whole plan and submit it. So you, the the learning curve is like once you start picking up information, it's just it's a wrap. So for us, by the time we were pitching in front of the whole group, like it, we were gonna win something, you know. So it it but but it does highlight the fact that. You, know, you got to put in the work in order to get to that standpoint of where where it seems like it's so easy, but in reality, we all know it wasn't. Yeah. You know, almost that the idea of an overnight um, what, what do you call it oh, takes man. ten overnight years success. overnight there success. Go, overnight yeah. success. <laughs> I'm tired. No sustain. I, I got here eight o'clock. I've been working all day. <laughs> <laughs> you good, man? You good? <laughs> um, all right. So I mean, I, I want to kind of um, just kind of better understand the business model. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm like talking about monetization because I feel like this concept is just so much deeper than just, you know, checks and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but how, how is the company making money? Is it, yeah. is it almost like you pay the, um, the renters or um, the landlords and the property management companies, as you mentioned before, um, to, you know, post different resources online for folks to potentially, you know, consider them? Like mm-hmm. what, what is that process like? Yeah. So there's a few ways we, we monetize currently. The, the one primary way though has been through partnerships. Okay. Um, so we've done three, three real big partnerships with Allstate, for example, cause they're big on renters insurance. They want to get in front of the millennial audience, especially a captive one that's renting. Like, yeah. you know exactly what they're doing. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then we've worked with companies like roadway moving, we just inked a partnership that we can announce now because it's done with American Express. Awesome. Um, so we're we're and they you know how do you build your credit to become to at some point own a, own a home or at some point to not necessarily need a cosigner right? So we we're always working on providing. What's great is we work with partners who at the end of the day we can now through our voice, through our message, through our curation, we can create content that speaks to the issues our actual renters are facing. So Felix just talked about international students and issues that they're facing, and he's absolutely right. I mean, once these problems hit our radar, we're able to have our content team put together amazing stuff to help actually solve those problems for those people, or at least provide insight into ways they can begin to solve those problems. Um, so that's that's a, the core way currently. We partnered up with TransUnion, one of the three credit boroughs, yep. um, recently, and they do credit reporting, background checks, and eviction history for our renters should they opt to do it. So that's split revenue there. And then uh, lastly, which is something we haven't plugged in yet, but we certainly will in the future, it, as we grow deeper like in these cities, the Phillies, Brooklyn, New York, overall, uh, D.C., and beyond, we will charge landlords to post their listings there. You know what I mean? Because we know we have a quality base of users that are connecting with us. Um, and anytime you have massive traffic going to these areas, you want to capitalize off of that. And so at the end of the day, it still is a much – I think it's a much – cheaper alternative for a landlord who's going to pay a lot of money um, to kind of broadly market around New York City um, off the, just the merits of can you can you be witty enough in your verbiage to win somebody over versus yeah. like yo if Edia tells me like this spot was really good and nobody says the same thing I'm probably rocking with it you know what I mean like you, you can't pay for that no, so that's what we're thinking about I think I think it's so interesting just because like it reminds me of um it reminds me of that uh, that platform um uh, like rate your professor. I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, <laughs> I was waiting yeah. for it. I mean, we we joke about it all the time. I mean, but when you think about it, like think about Yelp and how we utilize it, right? Like, we won't go to a bad cafe if they have bad reviews. Mm-hmm. We won't go to a bad restaurant if they have bad reviews. Um, even on Netflix, before you're chilling for like a couple hours watching a film, you'll read the little synopsis. You'll look at the stars. Like, what are people saying about it? And, and you know, or you'll Google it, right? Like, and so why don't we take that kind of that kind of seriousness and approach when it comes to housing? Somewhere you're going to live in probably six months to a year to two years or more. Um, and so it's really kind of, and I think a lot of that comes from the apathy of feeling like, first of all, everybody has to live in, in some somewhere. You know what I mean? Even mm-hmm. if you're homeless, you live somewhere. You, you call your domain. So um, there's a, I think, a feeling just because real estate has is such a dominating industry. It's like, well, we kind of get served, but you get served. Yeah. But in reality, it's like you do have agency of choice. You are the one making the money. You are the one cutting the checks. You know, first of the month. So knowing on the, all that and understanding, you're going to drop security deposit first and last month's rent or broker's fee. Why not do your research in advance so you're making at least an educated, informed decision um, before moving forward? Yeah. 
No, for sure. I think I think folks are just sometimes they're just so overwhelmed by the process. Right. Either that or or, or just not informed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe maybe you know their their folks or their friends have just followed that traditional path. Like, okay, listen, I I know that um, this right here is a constant. I'm gonna deal with this wherever wherever I sign mm-hmm. um, my my lease. So um, let me just go for price and just differentiate from location to location right. based on price. Um, so I think it's cool that folks are offered this alternative right. um, to be able to you know make sure that their living experience is as best as possible. So right. man, this is awesome. Um, I definitely want to talk about about uh growing pains mm-hmm. and also just areas of opportunity for for your for your um company um so just can you you know just touch base on that um how how has it how has the transition been um uh, you know or the assimilation process as you've been growing you said 320,000 active users that's amazing so um obviously with that comes scaling up and with scaling up with any company not just startups um obviously you know there can be some growing pain so you can just t- touch on that and then like how that's that's an area of opportunity for you guys moving forward absolutely so i guess the only real growing pains is just being able to just run consistently um through the process of funding um kind of just having to change the focus from the founders to searching for funding versus uh, working on the everyday process of trying to build a company um, kind of always makes you feel like you have to slow down or um, just kind of just uh, divert your focus a little bit. Um, another thing is just um, having enough uh, dev help. You know, developers are expensive. Um, really, really good ones are even more expensive. Um, so if you have a company like ours who you start thinking about the different problems within rental communities that you'd like to solve, um, you start thinking about lots of different features that you'd like to create for your uh, for your community of users. Um, and the problem is uh, you can only do one thing at a time or so many things at a time uh, to the point where you're, you're almost kind of getting a headache like, ah, if we could just get, get this feature and that feature and that feature done, in the next month or so, man, you just so many things that we could do. Trying, um, trying not to compromise quality. Ex- exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, so it just feels like sometimes, you know, one thing is a priority uh, right now, but, you know, it's, that thing may not be a priority a, a week from now, a month from now, but yeah. you can't do anything about that because you only have but so many people working on that one core aspect of the business. And because the business is a website, that is the uh, the biggest area of need. So of that's always that's always just a growing pain, just having more fuel behind that area right there. Yeah. And, and I'll add, you know, I, I want another growing pain is because I've, th- I've been thinking about this a lot. I think um, in our in our journey. One of the things that we don't—I think people don't understand how integral people are to everything. Like I, in the meetings I was having yesterday, one of the amazing concepts that came up, you know, just was—and I've heard this before, and many of you have heard this before—but it's like people don't work for companies; they work for people. Um, and we see it all the oh, time, man. you know. Like a, a, a CEO will leave, and so will their chief of staff, and so will the assistant, and exactly. so will you know the other partners, right? Like because it's just like yeah, it's just different now. Um, and so, it, but but it speaks to like I think in this process. You never per, you never quite perfect it, but you get so much better at reading people, um, and that can be like phony investors, bro. I'm about to drop two hundred thousand on y'all, y'all crazy, and it's like you get in the beginning, you get hype like that. That stuff really means a lot, um, or you know, or you know, folks that wanna wanna advise you, right, or wanna be on your board, but in reality, they just wanna put your their arm around you because it looks it looks sexy for them. Like it looks like they're in the know. They never really cut a check or make an introduction, but at least for them, they're winning socially because they're an older person. Right. It's association. And and if there's one thing I can just stress in the startup world is that we're jaded by, you know, so and so exits for a hundred million, you know, so and so gets acquired for fifty million, you know. Um, but those are like the blips on the radar, those don't happen all the time. Yeah. Um, what's what's not told oftentimes what companies do exit for. And, and sometimes it's not what they're looking for. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and so I think from a standpoint of like understanding, you know, people can be a hindrance as much as they can be a help. And so as, as much as as much as you possibly can, it's highlighting, sure, sure, you know, we get to experience a lot of cool things because of this, but it's because of hard work. I think the hardest thing to do is maintain consistency. Mm-hmm. And I think we negate that as a society in terms of thinking about how hard it is to keep something going for any extended period of time. And we think that, you know, things always hit quickly, one year, two years, boom. But, you know, we joked about it earlier. It oftentimes takes 10 years to be an overnight success. Um, and if anything, I think that, the more we kind of expose the reason why we're so authentic to our, our our message and our experiences is because the more we can expose the real of it, the more people can be armed going into it. So they're not 
fumbling with the same mistakes we've made or they're not, you know, um, they, they, they can learn how to be even kill early and not yeah. get too emotionally tied into the process. Sure. Um, so so you, you briefly mentioned help. Um, so I guess this is a good segue into the main reason why I kind of wanted wanted to, to uh, chat with you guys um, about about this campaign. So if you could just touch just touch on it briefly um, and and just talk about what it is that you, you're looking for from, from these listeners to be able to provide that support. As you mentioned, it's tough um, to be able to raise that capital. And we, we acknowledge that. And, you know, we want to do our best to, to help provide any platform possible to, you know, help help you you two get the funding that you need to do what you need for your business. So just uh, take it away. Absolutely, man. So, you know, you can, you can hear from both of how Felix and I talk. We always like to kind of educate as we talk. Sure. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give it context. Um, in 2015, in the spring, uh, thanks, thankful, we're thankful to the Obama administration. They changed the Jobs Act um, to now allow for unaccredited investors to invest in companies. So what that what it used to mean to be an, or what it does mean to be an accredited investor is you have to make at least two hundred thousand dollars a year, um, and or uh, you have to have assets worth a million dollars or more. And now unaccredited investors, meaning anybody else, can invest in companies up to a certain percentage of your annual income. Um, and what what's awesome about that is, you know, what we're doing is not a Kickstarter. It's not an Indiegogo. So it's not like you're not like donating, um, you know, or, or kind of helping a cause. You're investing in a company. Um, and so we, we have a campaign live right now at seedinvest.com slash who's your landlord. That's W-H-O-S-E, your landlord dot, um, slash seed or just who's your landlord. Um, and that's an, it, we are we are bringing on people who. You know, want to invest in something that's empowering their community, informing their community, and bettering their community. Um, we've raised 250k out of 500k already. Two, that 200 came from a group out of Maryland. 50 came out from a group out of Philadelphia. Um, the remaining 250, we want to, we want our community to tap in and invest. I think we we just passed the five digit mark, so I think we're at 10.5 right now. Uh, been live about a week, week and a half ago. So we're excited, um, and so this is people's opportunity to invest. If this is your first time investing, like. I think it's a great opportunity because a lot of times we think, oh, we got to make 20000 or we got to put a $50,000 investment in. But it's like, why not learn how to micro-invest first, put 500 put 1000 put two or 3000 in, learn how to vet companies, learn how to vet entrepreneurs, learn how to read through documentation to make the right decisions so that in the future when you're investing bigger checks, you'd bet, you better know how to move your money. Um, and so, again, that's seedinvest.com. That's S-E-E-D-I-N-V-E-S-T.com slash who's your landlord, W-H-O-S-E. Cool, cool. So I have uh, – no, I have a question. I'll, I'll, I'll say that for, for later. So um, what is, like, your definition of success, like, with this company? Like, like is there an ultimate goal that, that you're looking for? And um, and I guess it's, like, a two-part question. Has – has that definition of success changed from the inception to where you are now? Um, I, you know, I love us. We'll both chime in on that. Um, you know, in terms of in terms of success, I like the the last part you had. It has it changed from the beginning to now. Um, so, at the time of us starting this, certainly there's an aspect of like this is really big. This can really solve a lot of problems. This can be worth a lot. You know, if you do it right. And then as you build it, and as you go through things. You start realizing the new nuances um, in the M and A space, right? Mergers and acquisitions, um, and be, like I think you made a joke about it earlier. Like, what if a realty company said, "Yo, we'll drop some some ducats on you, just have to leave." Um, there's many reasons a company would want to acquire you. Um, what I think makes the most sense is, well, what do you what do you want to get out of it at the end? And what we want to do is we want to build a company that's valuable, that serves the purpose and the needs that we've identified and know we can serve. And what we also are acutely aware of is that, like like Felix mentioned, there's spaces where we have more data than Google and Yelp and all those companies, which is why Google indexes our information and provides it right there when you search. That's power. Like information, access to it, and the use of it is power. And the more and more we scale up, the more and more power we gain, the more and more information we gain, the more and more users we have, um, that makes a company more valuable. I think a, a perfect angle for us, like in, in a perfect world, you IPO, you become this massive corporation, you do all these amazing things. At the end of the day, though, even when you look to exit, if you look to exit in two, three years to a bigger company, you want to make sure that their reasons for acquiring you are aligned with what your purpose of building the business was. And there's been folks that have approached us about acquisition that, 
we felt like it wasn't aligned, which is why we didn't end up going down that rabbit hole. But if you find some a company that allows for your team to win, your investors to win, your families to win, that makes sense for the culture, makes sense for doing the next thing. Like I talk about it all the time with my team. Like, I don't want them to be here for 20, 30 years. Like the goal of this was to build something that that really has an impact, but also sets us up where we can continue to put positive in the world the rest of our lives and i'm already seeing it in terms of how we look at things differently the different business opportunities we're starting to see now on the peripheral like we're doing exactly what we set out to do you know it never takes it's never as fast as you want it to be but it's it's it happens when it's supposed to happen yeah, time you know? is always right yeah. cool, cool um yeah so just what what our definition of success is now and what it was when we first started I think it, it definitely has changed. I think in the beginning, um, you know, even from the beginning, we felt this was a pretty big problem, and we could definitely um, we weren't going to exit at least unless it was a million dollars. I mean, a billion dollars. You know, um, we we laughed big about that. Big ball of You know, we were you know, we were, <laughs> yeah, you know, we were young, twenty two, twenty one, uh, starting it. So we're like, yeah, no, we're not leaving unless a billion. So started off as that, and now um, thinking about that, just working on operations. That's what I do. I'm the COO. Um, you know, this company really, really has a really, really uh, big opportunity to be just a machine. Um, there are so many different rental communities that we are serving, and each rental community that we're serving, we can create features that really can almost seem like that rental community is its own company um, within our company. Mm. Um, and we've got to the point now where, you know, everything that we're doing, we try to make sure that we do it just so well. Um, and focus on doing it our way for our community that um, I can already see, that we can already see, um, we can already see that applying that to the future of our company and the future feature, features of the company and how we can uh, solve those issues is going to be huge. Um, we do content extremely well. Um, our, our, we do content extremely well and it's unique. Our founders are unique. Um, the problem we're solving is unique. Um, and just who actually has that issue is us. So it's kind of just really, really easy for us to determine what um, what makes sense for us. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to go on on too long, but I, I think just just thinking about the rental communities and how other companies have become just like juggernauts in their space they start off just as this one idea and next thing you know their idea is sitting on top of three or four more ideas because uh because let's say they solve a problem and then they notice three or four smaller problems um uh, around around that umbrella so yeah. i think that's something that we're doing right now we notice that the the reviews and just transparency around the housing space is an issue but there's also um, opportunities when it comes to providing landlords with data around that those reviews um yeah. providing universities with that data um international students um if you just think about all the different issues within the rental community you can kind of come back to who's your landlord and we can really solve those issues um all this all it is is just starting off with with the features at the at the at the at the ground level at the phase one that doesn't completely make the entire website um, confusing. So if you kind of just introduce those features the right way, um, you can kind of look back two three years from now and just say, "Wow, like this this company is is just a huge thing now, and it is a machine." Um, so that's that's kind of how I see this thing really really going to the point where I don't I don't think that. We, I still don't think we'll sell unless it's a billion. But now at this point, um, but now at this point, I feel like we're going. We're gonna. We're, the, the main goal is to definitely go to IPO and just sure. create a company that. I, it's it's kind of. I don't want to rub anybody the wrong way, but I really oh, want to create. Do it. I want to. No. I mean, I talk. We talk about this all the time, but I just want to create a company that just scares a lot of people. You yeah. know, when they look at it and say, "Wow, like this is a company that is up and down, black and unapologetically black," but they you can't stop them. And you know, every one of their connections, everyone that they're working with, um, has that same mission. And because they're all passionate about this. You just can't stop these young people. Yeah. So um, saying, hey, let me toss you a, f a few dollars to sell your company isn't going to work. Um, saying, hey, how about you co-found this other company with me so I can just pick your brain. Things like those little tactics that yeah. kind of split up teams um, just won't work because I just feel like, you know, we're just so tied to this mission of the company and just doing it unapologetically that um, I'm just thinking about this thing being a big machine that just is just full of just very powerful, strong black minds that are just 
tackling rental issues for the underserved rental community just now and just moving forward. Facts. <laughs> Can't add no more to that. <laughs> Word, I'm about to start snapping my fingers. <laughs> he started laying it down for us. I'm excited, man. Yeah, that's I'm, what's up. I'm excited. I don't know if you want to. You had that, uh, um, that next question, but man, that's, that's man. I, I want what I do want to know is empowering, uh, man. For real. <laughs> Um, cause you, you touched on, a, you touched on a few points. Um, no be, be, being jaded. Um, and I mean, you, you guys have been going through this for a while. So throughout your process, like what's like the greatest lessons you learn and, um, like, uh, greatest mistake you've had. Greatest uh, lesson learned. I think it's patience. Um, things, things just, they, they don't happen as fast as you'd always want them to. Uh, but it's learning how to, like we talked about earlier, um, when we were just chopping up downstairs before we came up, like there's, there's moments where when, when you're first broke, it's like, that's like your eyes are big. Like, Oh, how do we, how do we handle this? Like I got to call somebody to ask them to help me with rent. Like that's crazy to me. Um, and then it happens and then you get through it. And then the next time you're like, Oh, I just call somebody and ask them to help me out. Like it's, it's not that deep where I'll scale back what I'm eating or whatever, whatever the case is. And so I think if it's, there's one lesson in particular, it's, um, and we see it all the time. We've seen a lot of our, our peers, companies come and go in the time since we started to where we are. And, um, you know, Jay-Z has, this, has, has a quote where he always talks about the genius thing we did was just we didn't give up. Because in the beginning, especially if you're a market leader, market creator, like there's nobody doing what we're doing, right? There's listings companies out there, but that's not what we are. You can find listings on our site, but we're, we're empowering you. We're informing you. We're edutaining you. We're providing content, reviews. That's stuff that hasn't been done. No one's wanted to touch it because it's hard. Um, but once you start compiling that data that nobody wants, no one wants to send ambassadors to different apartment buildings and be running up and down like you're crazy. No one wants to take on the brunt of landlords suing or saying they're going to sue them because, you know, it's, it's easy for them to do because they already have lawyers on retainer. Like no one wants to take on that brunt. But we are like Phil just said, we're unapologetic about what we're doing. And so when you have that, when your vision's aligned and your core is aligned with the vision, then all of a sudden it, it makes it simpler to be patient because you're kind of just like, they don't even see us coming. They don't even see us, and then boom, you hit them. You know what I'm saying? And it's almost like all the people that were faking or or not just not paying attention, they're paying attention now. Um, so there's that part. And you said what's the biggest lesson we've learned, or that was the biggest your, lesson. Uh, your your the, greatest failure. Greatest failure. I don't, I mean, like there's things, we, we fumble things. I don't think there's been like a, a failure. Let me think. Uh, greatest failure. There's something that just makes you feel like, and we can't never do that again, man. Like we really, really messed up on this one. We should have, uh, we should have did this instead of this. Yeah, on that yeah, 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 most definitely. Yeah. I guess um, trusting our instinct. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? When we we kind of just both feel something, uh, we were kind of on the same page about a decision. But just because it may be something that's completely new to us, um, you know, because as young entrepreneurs, you're still always learning. So things like that, you know, and then when that decision is made and you, you didn't trust your instinct, you didn't go with your instinct, and it ends up being the the wrong decision, you're just yeah. like, you know, we knew that, you know, this is something that we should have done, and it, it, let's say it cost us this, it cost us that, whatever it is. But what I will say is um, we've every single time it's happened, we have learned from it. Let's say the first time, you know, we didn't trust our instinct, uh, that it, it hit us a little longer. It took us a little longer to identify that, you know, we made a mistake. The second time, you know, it was a little bit more of like, you know, all right, we, we've got to really, really kind of, you know. And the next time, I think it was a matter of like a week and a half where it was an issue. And after that, it was like, all right, look, we've got to trust our instinct. But the next time it's going to be like the first time it happened. We're just going to just go with it. But that, um, I think that's that's probably like the biggest yeah. thing there. That's kind of also a lesson as well. And then just going with what um, Ofo said with patience, timing, timing. Timing is timing is everything. Um, just knowing when you are actually ready to make a, a certain decision, um, knowing when you're ready to make a hire, knowing when you're ready to con contact this this uh, this person, this partner, or whatever, um, for certain conversations, a certain. Um, people that you want to reach out to in your network, you can only reach out to them once, you know, and, you know, that first impression for an app or a website, whatever it may be, is is everything. So you just have to just, 
you have to kind of just slow down for a second, just take a second and just leave the founder's room and ask other people that are will be completely objective and just get, get that feedback from them. Say, hey, you know, if I were to do X, Y and Z, do you think, you know, we're ready for that now? Or would this be a good decision to make now? If they say, look, I really don't think you guys are there now. You've got to know when to listen to that. And they say this person doesn't know what they're talking about. You've got to listen to those things um, because you'll learn fast when that person doesn't respond to your email or something. And just like. Damn, like, how am I going to re- reach out to this person a week or a month later? Or or even when you actually realize, oh, we're, now is when we should be reaching out to this person. And you can't because you got to go back or whatever. So whatever it is, it's just timing is everything, patience, and then just knowing, just trusting your instinct um, or just yeah, moving forward with that. Yeah, I mean, speaking to the timing thing, it, it, like, I always say ha- half the battle is being there. Like, I think about the ACLU. That's been an organization for decades. But, you know, when everything happened with the Muslim ban, you know, early top, top of the year and the whole thing happened at JFK, all of a sudden in one weekend they raised $20 million, yeah. you know, and now they're a household name. Everyone's heard of the ACLU. And so it's just timing. is that We don't want to wait 20-something years. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, 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 like LinkedIn took a while too, right? Yeah. But like we, we want to move faster no, than just, that. Just, just being prepared. Though. Being prepared. Like as so long as you, you create those core, like those the core values of your business, the core like, you know, modes of method- methodology that you stand by and what you abide by as, you know, internally and externally, then when, when the time hits, like you're ready. You know, you just always are. I'm good, man. So uh, I gotta, I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go think about my life after this. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead now. You get uh, you do. <laughs> so uh, what do you, what are you guys looking forward to in uh, 2018? And getting his bread first, man. <laughs> and then once cut you the check. Yeah, cut the check, man. Cut the check. But we we have so much in store. Like you know we. From a content perspective, we're excited. I mean, there's so many things we want to talk about, so many issues we want to highlight that we can help people with. Um, from a review perspective, we know we're going to dig deep in the New York, Philadelphia, and D.C., and, and that's only going to have reverberation effects amongst other cities. Um, you know, from a team perspective, we're going to grow. We'll keep, keep adding people that are amazing people that want to see the same vision that we have for the company. And so 2018, I came to 2017 saying this is a year of prosperity. And honestly, like, it's it's panning out that way. Like there's been so many just amazing points of this year that you, I, I can only look up and say God, thank you. You know what I'm saying? So the 2018 is like I think that's the year. People always say it's the year I'm gonna level up. Like like we gonna level up in 2018. Like, that's the plan. So you gotta keep it going. Yeah, I, I, there's so many lessons to take from this year. Um, I think we really really uh, just found our identity this year. So I'm just really excited with with uh, with uh, funding to really just take that to the next level um, with content, our videos, our brand ambassadors. seems like everything that we really wanted to do, um, we really found how to do it really, really well or just well enough where other people are telling us that we do it well or they're willing to pay us for it. So there's definitely always room for improvement, but um, we're at a point now where we're ready to see those things kind of just um, uh, taken to the next level, like you're saying. Um, and just bringing that revenue in as well. Just 2018 is definitely going to be about revenue and expansion and just doing everything we do extremely well. So I'm looking forward to 2018. I've been just smiling every time that number comes up. <laughs> That's awesome. That's what's up. Yeah, thank you very much for the time, man. Thank you for the time. And for everyone listening, uh, whosyourlandlord.com, correct? W-H-O-S-E. Your site either way works, actually. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah, so, w, so WY Landlord 2? Yeah, WY Landlord. Oh, okay. You yeah. bought all the dome. Okay, gotcha. Smart, smart. And then on social media, WY Landlord. Follow them on, on Instagram, on Twitter, Facebook. You have everything, right? Yep. All right, cool. cool. Wait, hold on. Last thing, last thing. Why is it W H O S E? I'm glad you asked that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the reason is, yeah, yeah, we use a possessive form of the word "who" because we're giving renters ownership of their living situation by putting housing in their hands. Anytime okay. you own anything, you're in a possession of it, and so that was the impetus for our name. Um, and now, it, now it even helps out that we have all the domains to it. So now it doesn't matter what you put in there; you'll come to our site. Yeah, so yeah. it's good stuff. Cool, awesome. Thank you. No doubt. I'm off on again, seedinvest.com slash who's your landlord. Here we go. Cut the check. Cut, Cut the, the check. check. <laughs> <laughs>